And now, live from Isolation Station in Burbank, California, it's the plague week 14 of the Allison Rosen's new best friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes your guests. They are America's favorite couple, a Sonny and Cher for the millennial generation, where she's both Sonny and Cher, and he's their business manager. It's Jenna Kim Jones and Hashtag Al. And he's a writer-producer who may be a new father, but that doesn't mean he doesn't still have passionate feelings about how you're selling your breakfast burritos at Rainbow Acres Market. It's Greg Heller. Homezone is here with a song in his heart, a spring in his step, and a twiddle in his thumbs. I'm her husband, Daniel, saying hop on board the love cart and say hi, y'all, to your new best friend, Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, we'll have a good times never end. Allison Rosen. Hello, my little pot stickers. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. That particular carbohydrate was sent in on Patreon. Patreon. And it was submitted by Celine Prefontaine. Now, I try not to do doubles. I have a carb czar who sends me a just flowers. Uh, she sends me a spreadsheet letting me know which ones I did each week. I'm pretty sure Celine Prefontaine has been chosen before because I remember... That name, it's an extra cool name. But anyway, I'm getting distracted because in front of my eyes, on a computer screen, but as if we're all in the same room, is a very exciting collection of people. And I would like to say hello to my guests. Hello and welcome back. It's been far too long. Greg Heller. Hi, Allison. How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks for having me on the Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, it'd be weird if I had you on someone else's show. It would be weird, yeah. Jenna Kim Jones, hello. Welcome. Hello. It feels weird to be seeing Greg from this perspective because I'm used to having him on my left side. <laughs> I know. I wish I, could, I wish I could like rearrange your screens. <laughs> Alan Moss, the hashtag Al. Hello. That's right. Hello. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Uh, fantastic. Just ha- so good. Has the computer angle changed since... Because you're the one who taught me that you got to put your computer up on books. But I feel like you've um, accrued a few more books since last <laughs> this, time. You know, this was a very hurried job. I, uh, I just barely Sorry. finished working and it was like, move the computer. I'm on a different table, different oh, sh- chair. Everything is oh. wrong now. Okay, yeah. but you're still, you still got your movie star lighting. Yeah, well, listen, I have to, I'm an Instagram husband now, and so I've had a lot of practice. I'm a gaffer. I'm a, I don't know, a, what are those called? A jib? I'm a, I'm a jib human jib. Jib Yeah, jib op. Yeah, I do all those things. When I think of you, I think that guy's a classic jib op. That's right. <laughs> Tony Thaxton, hello. Hello, I'm always here. It's not as exciting for, for everybody here. I guess it's not that exciting, but I'm always here. Hi. <laughs> hey. Way to sell yourself. <laughs> well, you know, you're talking Tony. about how exciting it was to see everybody, and I feel like she sees me all the time, so I'm just real. I know, but I was, was going to pretend I was excited. Well, I appreciate mm. that, at least. <laughs> I think you win for the coolest background. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Great just, depth of field. It's just my apartment, guys, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Good depth but of field. But have you... Have you done any sort of like special rearranging because of all the zooming? No, not really. I think I like slightly angled this. I slightly angle the table a little bit away from the wall when I'm recording, but that's about it. Yeah. 
And Greg, what are we... Because when I had you on, I had you on a Patreon <clears throat> bonus mm-hmm. episode, patreon.com slash Alison Rosen, and I had you on a Monday show recently after your son was born. But that was in... That was not where I, where you are now, right? I was in a different house. Yeah. That was in a an Airbnb that we were living in while this house got fixed. Okay. So we're back in... This is my son's nursery. Um, but it's like really basically still my office with all my music stuff and writing stuff in it because he still sleeps in our bedroom. Oh. But this will be his bedroom. Right. Soon. That's his crib back there. And there's some, some of his animals are over here. Hi, how's it going? Oh. I'm an elephant. <laughs> and, uh, this, this will be his room. I think probably when he turns six months. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cool. Jenna, how old? When they move into their own room? It's up to you. Yeah. We did it We did it about three months for Sam, and we were much sooner with Dilly because she slept all the time. So right. she was maybe six weeks, two months with her. It was um, awesome. Ellis sleeps a lot. I bet he could sleep in here now, but probably in a couple of months we'll move him in here. Until then, I have like a tiny sanctuary, a tiny, <laughs> tiny slice of sanctuary. Just a tiny <laughs> one. So how is fatherhood going? You seem to be very into it. I'm so into it. I'm so into it. I keep saying this to people. I feel like a real dick for saying that. I like, I don't think it's that hard, but I also don't have to do that much because I'm a mm. guy. Um, but a lot of it feels really natural to me. And I feel like maybe I was preparing for it for a long time. I'm like, with very few exceptions, I love like almost every part of it. I gripe about like certain things that I can't do anymore, but really like not that much. Like not what? Well, like, kids really limit when you can go surfing. And surfing has, like, these real finite windows where the day before you're like, oh, the tide's going to be good here and the wind's going to be good here. And then at that time it's like, well, but you can't go. The kid has to eat and is crying. And so occasionally I catch myself bitching about stuff like that. And then I realize, like, well, there's a healthy baby that I love. It's kind of more important and I'll have time to do that stuff at some point in my life. So very little, very little have I, like, found myself being bummed about it. And I'm going back to work probably in the next couple of weeks and I'm not looking forward. I mean, I'm looking forward to working, but being away from him, I think is going to be really hard. And I bet your wife's not looking forward to you going back to work. Not only, or maybe a little bit. She is. I don't know. She might be, but also until Sunday, I mother-in-law lived with us um, and she's gone now. So we're completely on our own, really effective yesterday. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of like figuring out what it's really going to be like here. Cause we have no, help. No one in my family has seen Ellis. Like, that's a crazy thing to think about. My mom Mm. came up to LA three days after he was born and held him for 20 minutes. And she's never seen him since. Oh, man. Neither has any of my sisters, my aunt and uncles who all live within like five or 10 miles. No one has seen or held Ellis. He has no friends. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't. He, He knows me, Ayala, our neighbors and and his grandmother. That's and his and Ayala's mom. That's it. Are you thinking of letting people visit him soon? Because I we have been hardcore quarantining and just starting to think about maybe visiting my parents because they have as well. Just because it seems as if COVID is here to stay for a while. So the question is like, how what you know how how do you proceed with the risk kind of always there? And I am curious, Jenna and Al, you guys are in Georgia where. Um, they opened up a while ago, right? They did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How? What is it like there? Um, Depends on what part of the state. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, our county has not spiked at all. 
But it's a small county, and everybody around here I see, for the most part, are pretty good about social distancing, wearing masks. I I went and got my hair done a couple weeks ago, and like there was, it would have been impossible for me to get sick. My like stylist had one of those giant face guards on. They take your temperature. You have to sign this thing. They were wiping everything down constantly. They limited, there could only be eight people in the salon at all times, and we all had to stay away from each other. So I've I've been impressed with our town, but Mm -hmm. I don't know about the rest of the state. (laughs) Because I haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) So, Greg, are you thinking of maybe letting them see? Yeah, we're actually thinking about driving down tomorrow and just like driving by my parents' house and having them like kind of just look at them through the car windows. I'm Mm -hmm. I'd like my entire family to see him. And we have had one friend stop by in our backyard. Um, But I'm just like operating under an abundance of of like an extreme abundance of caution. I had pneumonia a year ago. um, And I have a baby and I always mother-in-law was here and my older or my younger sister was pretty sick for a while. So, Yes, I think if people right now said, hey, we're in Venice, can we stop by your backyard for five minutes? I think we'd probably be okay with that as long as they were smart about it. And I think everybody at this point about it would be cool. It's just, it's gotten to that weird psychological space where it's creepy to be around people. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if any of you have had that experience, but like, it's sometimes when I'm around people now, I feel scared for no reason, which sucks. It sucks really badly. But I've started to feel a little bit like when people, even like those friends of ours who visit us in our yard, it felt like a little creepy. A little creepy. Wait, when you say scared for no reason, what do you mean? Because I feel like there is reason. <laughs> there is reason. I know there's reason, but it feels to me like some version of, I understand that there's a virus and all that, but when I'm being safe, I still feel unsafe. I see. Yes, Um, I had a similar, a friend of mine came over for my birthday and we sat like 12 feet apart in the front yard and I still felt weirdly like guilty afterwards and like, did I just roll the dice? Right. Um, I I had a dream, I had a dream last, my first COVID dream, um, which is weird that it took this long. I had a dream, I kept realizing in the dream that my mask was like off of my face and then also I saw an old friend and I gave him like the longest hug. I guess I really miss hugging not my family. <laughs> I really miss hugging people a lot too, actually. Mm-hmm. I really miss hugging. I mean, I haven't hugged anyone besides my wife in... When did this thing start? March. Ellis March. March. was born, March. I think, five days before quarantine. Did quarantine start maybe on the 9th or the 10th? Does that seem right? Yeah, around yeah. then. Um, and that was the last time I, like, hugged or kissed her. I mean, the only person I've really made out with since then is my wife, which sucks. <laughs> 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 okay, that's probably good. No, yeah, because you're usually you're usually making out with all your relatives. Yeah, it's most of my relatives. We used to host a lot of key parties and stuff at the house, and it's really pretty interesting. <laughs> COVID is very bad for polyamory. It's been really rough on us. Uh, Jenna, Al, how are you guys doing? We're bored. I mean, truthfully, <laughs> like I, I that's not totally true. I think you know we. It's just I'm. I was March and April and May just for my own personal reasons were crazy. Like I have no stuff going on. Like my stand up, 
I, I mean, just this week I had three, three shows get canceled. And so I just go like, I don't know what is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think in like March and April, I was very like, Oh goodness. Like, I'm just not used to being home all the time. Is that you when you're super freaked out? Oh goodness. (laughs) Yes, it is. I say a lot of vicious words like that. Um, No. And so I think, you know, there's a lot going on in the world and I think we've all had our own anxieties over that. And then the, and then my work being so slow has given me a lot of time to reflect, which is very, I don't like it. (laughs) Right. Um, <laughs> Bad for comedy, this reflection. <laughs> it's not good. No good. And um, so I have, it's been very different. And I think I was kind of depressed for a while and I'm slowly coming out of that. But not, I mean, just, just sad because what do I, I'm not used to being home and I was like full-time mother and am I even a good mother? I, I'm not used to this all the time. And, I, you know, it was a, it was a real mind m- craziness right um, and i imagine a lot of people experience that <laughs> yes i definitely think, i, I think don't so. think i'm alone yeah al how are you doing uh, yeah i think it's uh you know we've been struggling and and doing the best we can I, my work has kind of exploded uh so i've i've been working from home quite a bit and uh i think that's been hard too is i haven't been as as available as i used to be because of all of the the work around COVID nineteen and trying to make sure we've got all the healthcare stuff set up and and we can open up you know emergency hospitals and mm-hmm. all of those activities so it's been it's been a lot and you just kind of catch yourself drifting sometimes where you've got a lot of work to do but you just kind of go like boy everything is just overwhelming and sad and difficult yeah this um, yes one one really weird realization I had is so my I was on a show that was an eight episode order and. All seven episodes were slated to shoot um, end of March and April. I was supposed to go shoot in Toronto, Chicago, Mexico City, and a couple of other cities. And one of the stars asked to shoot their episode early. So we shot it like two days after Ellis was born. Like all great dads, I left the hospital to (laughs) to, to go and shoot an episode of television. Something that will never be forgotten. Um, (laughs) You can (laughs) This is actual sweat from how hot it is in this room. Is this really gross? This is really gross. <laughs> it's um, manly. It's normal. Relatable. Um, but I have all the windows closed. Don't you have all the windows closed? Because you want it to be quiet in the room you're in? Yeah. And it's smoking hot in here. Anyway, um, so we shot one episode, and then we sort of as a way to keep everyone employed, although I, did ha- I had to lay off 12 people or something like that in two days, but as a way to keep some people employed, we edited the episode remotely, and it sucked. It sucked. The process of doing it sucked. And one of the things that I had to grapple with, and I say this like modestly if possible, is like the work just wasn't my, it just wasn't my best work. Like I was making decisions I would normally never make. And I was like, I guess that's the best we can do today. My baby is crying. We're all in different rooms. It's very difficult to communicate. And it was really hard to go to get to that place of going like, this is the best we can do right now. Like I just How don't. How do I just, Sorry, go ahead. You, the way you do it is, they actually route your computer straight into an Avid. So from where I was, I could operate, I could work with an editor who was at his house as though I was like sitting behind him mm-hmm. um, doing the edit. Cool. And you, I mean, the rest of it is trading emails and notes and phone calls, but the distraction of what was happening and the reality of like living in a pandemic with a baby 
and trying to work remotely, something that's sort of otherwise an intimate, an intimate process, like you had to at some point go like, this is the best I can do right now. And that was really frustrating for me. Really, really hard. Um, I have felt that with this show. Now, I know people listening will be like, what? You're crushing it. These are the best ever episodes. <laughs> so I'm giving you guys a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. Right. For me, I have felt like, you know, and I've talked at length about this, so I won't go on that much. Remotes are not my favorite. I like the intimacy of in-person, but I've had to accept that like we're all just doing the best we can do. But I think for high-achieving perfectionists like all of us, and, and I say that... Um, in a tongue in cheek way, even though there's no reason that that would be clear. Like, yeah, it is hard. And also, you know, you sort of said this, Greg, but I was thinking, I wonder how much of the difficulty for working for you was because you had just had a newborn. Cause I think even not, even when people's where they're working is the same, still the, just whatever happens in your brain after you have a baby, it makes it so you're not there. Yeah, I'm sure that was some of it. I mean, it was a combination of a bunch of different stuff. Like we had, I say this cautiously, but like it's very difficult to have a harder six months than we had or five months. I had, we had an incredibly challenging period in our lives that has like sort of changed my perspective on my own life. And so many really challenging things happened to us from like losing our house to my sister getting sick, to our cat getting cancer, to like a fight we had with our landlord, just a, a number of things that ultimately aren't that big of a deal because we have a healthy baby and that's what matters. But it was a very difficult period to do anything. And we're coming out, we're not coming out of quarantine, but as we're sort of easing out of it, I'm looking back and like, I really didn't get that much done. You would think oh, like you're yeah. home every day and you'd write and you'd have all these ideas. I didn't, I was lucky yeah. if I got like an hour of work done every day. Oh, I barely got anything done, and I don't have any excuse other than having to raise my own children, which no one is meant to have to do. (laughs) You don't have a nanny? It's unnatural. We do, but we stopped having her. um, uh, Like, two weeks in, we stopped having her because we just felt like this is not... It's not... Like, it doesn't feel response... It doesn't feel like the right decision to keep having her um, because she doesn't live alone. But then we just recently started having her back, and it has been... Wow. So much sleeping during the day. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, we're probably going to get a nanny at some point, but anytime, talk about having people in our yard. The times people have been in the house are really crazy. Have you, Jenny and Al, have you guys had people in your house? Well, my, my parents actually retired and moved the next neighborhood over. And so, so we have like local family that can still kind of come over and it's not uh, too invasive but your but parents I'm, but they've been inside of the house yeah 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 they've been inside the house and then i've actually had some workers come in for various things and how was that it's actually pretty good they like they booty up and they put gloves on and they've already got the mask on and you don't uh, touch and you stay far away and you say booties like, i yeah, was gonna say like, i'm unfamiliar with booty up oh yeah oh, and, on their shoes and on the their shoes. oh yeah booties next well, booties yeah yeah they put they cover everything up and then they they walk in and i can point oh this is what i need or like in the south we have pest control and you don't yeah, skip it doesn't matter what's going that. on if the meteor is on its way you're getting pest control <laughs> right do yeah. you have them like on retainer 
you you just always pay. F- you just for pay them constantly. And their <laughs> and their whole deal is, if you see one, we'll come and spray again. And mm. it's like no cost. They just always one show up. meaning roaches. Okay, let's just put it out there. They call them right. water bugs here, but they're disgusting, horrible roaches. <laughs> yes, I don't know why they give them a cute name because they're not cute. It's just a palmetto bug, Mm-mm. right? And well, then it's, it's a stigmatized weird. insect. Yeah, come on. And we also have uh, some of the worst termites in the country. And so there, if you buy a house, you have to have a termite bond that says there's all these traps around the house, uh, like around the outside of the house. And then if uh, if they get in and destroy your house, there's a bond that says they're going to repair and retreat your house. Um, so they'll they'll get them out, and they'll also have to fix your house, which is uh, totally worthwhile. Wait, who who is this agreement with? Uh, the, the bugs? The pest control company. There's like a, an agreement with the termites. You say like, hey, I'm new here. <laughs> Are we cool? <laughs> Got to deliver cookies. <laughs> right. It's protection money. Um, yeah. Wait, how big are these water bugs? There's an elephant entering the screen. Yeah, like a like couple inches, some of them? Yeah, like a no. chapstick or two? No, I, I don't They're like that. Big. Not Georgia at all. Georgia bugs are, it's next level. It's yeah. next level. Greg is trying, it's <laughs> like, Greg's teasing us with baby toys here. <laughs> um, Georgia... Yes, so we have let the bug guy in, and we're all happy. We all cheer. And the few times we've had people in, um, uh, like we've I've washed hand like doorknobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I I am I am careful, but I am not scared. I I like I am try I've tried to be zen with it because I was really really scared in the beginning. But now I'm like, all we can do is be careful and make smart choices. Yeah, yeah. We, we had one I mean, really scary moment. I haven't had that many like truly scary moments, but like right after we moved out of the Airbnb, I was a day late to go get our stuff out of it, and I didn't think anyone was moving in after us. So Ellis was something happened that day. I couldn't. So I went on like the day after we moved out, and when I opened the gate to the house, there was a full cleaning crew inside the house, and they had all of our stuff was still in the house, and I basically <laughs> had to go in and be like, "All of you have to leave the house." Because I ha- and I was I had this weird like very cinematic moment where I was like, and they were looking at me the same way too. Obviously, none of us had sort of been in this world before where we were like, shit, what do we do? And I was basically like, well, I'm going to go into the house now and get my stuff, and you wait outside. And then when I leave, you can. Get- and it was really genuinely like a scary. That was the most like pandemic-y moment that I had. Um, and it was that was sort of my first realization of like, oh, we're in a bit of a new world. And since then. Um, people have been into our, like a doctor has been into our house or something to see Alice, but that was my only really like, oh, I'm scared moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had a doctor in, did you have, um, like a pediatrician make a house call? Yeah. You want to know something crazy? Um, Ellis, the pediatrician's office was shut down when Ellis needed his vaccinations. So we made an appointment and they said like, meet us out on the curb. And the doctors came out outside of the office building and we vaccinated Ellis in the trunk of Viola's Subaru. (laughs) They like laid him down and they did like everything literally on the curb in the trunk of her car. It was crazy. I pictured it. It was very cool. Um, I feel like that's kind of a badge of, that'll be a badge of honor for him. Yeah, Yeah. it will. I mean, he's like going to be a real quarantine baby or whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It'll be like generation They'll have some good name for it. I was going to say generation core, but that's like not that cool. Jenna, are you guys... What are you doing regarding preschool? 
Uh, we start in the fall, but I'm not sure we'll, we'll actually start. The schools haven't made any decisions here. So we will, I think we'll go. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I, 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 I want to just be really careful and that's, I mean, you know, if they open schools, I don't really want to keep Sam out of it. She's right. She, she would want to go. And so I don't know. I don't know. And nobody knows because our county, our school district hasn't even decided what's going to happen. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Elliot's preschool opens in July, but for now we've decided not to send him. Mm. But I, I don't know. I don't know how I long know. We keep it's him so home. crazy. It's so complicated. And yeah. Tony, has anyone been inside your apartment? Uh, not real. I did have some friends. Uh, we, a few friends hung in my backyard the other day. And I think there were a couple times some people needed to use the bathroom. So they like came in, used the bathroom, and then immediately came back, came back out. Nobody was in when they did that. That's right. it. You miss having people over? Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm alone during this. So, yeah. I, right. I also, like Jenna said, I'm not, I'm not that scared of, of getting this. I'm, I'm honestly more scared of losing my mind. Yeah. That's right. what I'm more concerned about. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've had a lot of those moments, too. I've also had a lot of, like, really nice moments, just like our neighborhood's been really quiet until the protests started. We live sort of smack dab in the middle of where a lot of the looting and stuff was. Um, we had we lived on a hot block during one of the loot nights. Um, How was that? I mean, it's interesting. That stuff doesn't bother me. I walked out on our into our street, like six cars pulled up, like 20 guys piled out of them and ran up to loot the AT&T store. Mm-hmm. One of my neighbors was standing on his... Uh, lawn holding a gun Jesus, and was like, go back inside your house. Um, but I think I've lived in Venice for so long that like, I don't really, I don't think twice about any of that stuff. Really. Mm. Um, and living around all the protests was great um, because that the energy in this area was really good. And the, I mean, the looting stuff sucked, but I never felt like anyone was going to come into my house. You know, I wouldn't have wanted to be a Verizon store at the time, but I felt safe. Yeah. On Childish Pod, um, Greg was asking me if I have gone to any of the protests. Well, Greg, Heller, you and I were talking about going uh-huh. to protest a little bit. Um, and I was saying, no, I have not, but I'm there in spirit and a little bit financially. And then I felt like that was such an inert kind of response. Um, I mean, not that like whether my feet and my whole body would be there, actually. Feet and whole body, like whether that's going to make a difference or anything. But I mean, I do wonder, I feel like this is an important civil rights moment. And I wonder if Elliot and Owen are going to ask me about like, oh, where were you guys when all this happened? And I'll be like, we were just in our house. Um, but at the same time, I feel like there's no way Elliot would understand what's going on. I don't know that it would be a benefit to him to take him. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Protesting is not like a FOMO thing. It's mm-hmm. not something I don't think you should do because you want to tell people you were there. Right. Um, I just don't think that's like the right reason to do it. I w- it's something I wanted to be a part of, but the reality of my situation was like, I can't. You know, I talked about it while they all, and she was like, that's just not something that I'm comfortable doing. I mean, we have a one, two month old baby or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was involved as much as I felt comfortable being involved which again meant like financially and educating myself and that kind of stuff. But I don't know if the guilt on the back half of that is productive. 
Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'd say it was a f- it's a FOMO thing as much as like it's something I believe in, but my fear of crowds right now and my fear of being near violence is what is keeping me away. Yeah. Um, but Tony, I feel like you're going to all of them for all of us, so we're good. I, I've only been to two. I didn't go to any of this past weekend. Uh, yeah, Would I, you feel, do you feel like one of those was on behalf of me? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Did you. I not say that? I'm sorry. I meant to tell you that. <laughs> I don't Were understand you why your sign didn't say, I'm here for Alison Rosen. Like, really, that's what the sign should say. Every Black Lives Matter protest should have an I'm here for Alison Rosen sign being held up right, for, by somebody. That's the point of this whole thing, right? Gee, this is a genius idea, and I right. think that it... It captures what's important about mm-hmm. all of this. Um, and now another parenting question. I feel like since I, the parenting stuff is, you know, happens on childish, I feel like I should have some kind of, and I don't, some kind of song for like, and now I'm going to talk about parenting stuff on this show. So I'm just going to make it up right now. Okay. And this is where I talk about parenting stuff on this show. Wee! It's going to be in my head all day. <laughs> I know. Major earworm. <laughs> Quite a hook. So uh, lately, Elliot has been getting up in the middle of the night and switching to the couch and sleeping there. And I didn't know when I didn't know what time this was happening. However, last night it began to happen while Daniel was still up. So he switched at like one thirty a.m. and Daniel just left him there like tucked him in on the couch and he just slept there. But I remember reading in a child development book that there is an age where they begin to go on nighttime adventures. Jenna, did your kids do this at all? No. <laughs> no. Um, well, this is comforting. <laughs> I think, well, we keep, do you have a monitor on them? Yes. Okay. Because, I, I, like, as soon as they even move, I'm like, get back in bed. <laughs> like, I'm right. like a total, like, you may not get out of bed. This is not, it's like, there's no. Um, so let me explain the monitor situation. We have two monitors. They have to be kept far apart or else they don't work. So they're, like, across the room. And then we put them on the lowest volume setting. And then we put them face down because they're too bright in our bedroom. Um, so I don't know uh, how, what good they're really doing, except if like the kid was screaming, I would hear them. So I'm not well, really monitoring good. them via the monitor. Well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they've had desires to get up. Maybe they have gotten up and I just don't know because I'm sleeping. But mm-hmm. we have not experienced that yet. But I will say that I have been pretty... I mean, some might say I'm a little cruel, but I just like... We have had like no kids in our bed. You have to stay in your bed just since they were tiny little babies. So we haven't had that one. How, so you see some, you, if you see someone getting up or roaming, what do you do? I go in there right away. <laughs> and, and do what though? Because this is where it's all breaking down when it comes to me and Elliot, because he's in charge now. It's one, it's what you want with a, with a toddler, <laughs> with a three-year-old. I, well, it depends. Like, I, it depends on the child. Samantha, I would be much more delicate, softer with, because mm-hmm. she is my kid who doesn't ever want to do anything wrong and like cannot stand to be in trouble 
hates it. So I would just go in and ask her what she's doing because usually she has a great reason. I mean, if she's <laughs> she's getting she's old enough now where if she if I see her going, it's because she's going to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I don't really worry about her doing anything else and then going right back into bed. My younger one, Dylan, the minute she moves, I am up like in her business. What are you doing? Where do you think you're going? Because she's tried to get up and move around because we don't have them in cribs, either mm-hmm. one of them. So th- she has tried to get up and we just shut it down. And so now she knows like, no. Resistance is futile. <laughs> I need a little bit of this shutting it down energy. How does I'll that work? You, I have way too much. <laughs> Sometimes I'm, I go to bed and I think, am I too cruel? Are you like Super Nanny with the show I've seen once? <laughs> I've her never name, seen her it. Name, she... Her name is Joe. Are you like Joe from Super Nanny? Um, and she doesn't have any kids. What? She has no kids. I'm like kind of obsessed with Joe from Super Nanny. Um, what's so interesting is like she fucking sucks. I don't know if anybody has ever watched that show. I haven't like, once. I just like don't like any shows of any kind where people come in and they're like, you have to do this. I know better than you do. I don't know. And also, like, most of the parents, she's with her terrible people. So it's almost like the advice you should be giving them is just, like, become another person or whatever. <laughs> um, but I got, like, really into her. Not, like, into her, but I was, like, got fascinated with her. Like, I'm fascinated by – there's this one big, strong guy on the Food Network. Robert Irvine, I something is his name. Oh, yeah. And also, I'm just fascinated by people who's, like, their TV show is, like, they go to your place and they're, like, fuck you. you you're bad. Mm. And uh, so I started like I went down the wormhole of Joe, the super nanny and fucking no kids. So crazy, right? Can you imagine like I understand that you don't have to have kids to tell someone like what to do with their kids. But like she that's her job. Like you're the super nanny. I don't know. Yeah, you're like, I'm an auto mechanic, but I don't drive cars. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I've never had a license. Right, right. Love fiction, Um, though. So, I mean, Tony, did you ever like being told to rewrite your drum parts from someone who couldn't play the drums? No. In fact, it drives yeah. me insane. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. All that whole stuff, that stuff sucks. So anyway, I don't know, that's my five on the so nanny. So you know what? what? I'm about? not like her at all. <laughs> I'm already like way ahead of Joe, the super nanny. Hello, what? Jenna, the super nanny right here. Yeah, I don't think, I bet you have almost nothing in common with Joe, the super nanny. Anyway, not a big fan. Tony, does that happen often that people tell you to rewrite your drum parts? Uh, no, not really. For I know it, it is a thing that happens a lot, but I think I've mostly been pretty lucky where people tend to let me, they trust me, I think. Uh, right. And I'm always amused when I work with someone that doesn't, and then they try to tell me what to do, and then the moment they let me do what I want to do, then they go, oh yeah, that's way better than what I was going to have you do. So I'm like, yeah, that's, this is what I do, so let me do it. Someone who doesn't play drums trying to tell you something about drums, like what language would they even use? Like, what is it? Is it like, I think it should be faster? Uh, no, they'll just like kind of like say, you know, sing the beat that they're hearing or something ba, kind ba, of thing. Ba, 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 ba. Tony, do you, can you speak all of the drum language parts? Like, can you go, this should be a flam diddle flam? And do you know all of those words? Uh, I know them, but I don't really use them very often. Of course, you don't use them. But like, yeah. if somebody <laughs> played you a drum fill, could you be? Could you say that's a flam diddle flam or whatever? Uh, d- There's some paradiddles in there too. Right? Maybe some pataflaflas. Oh my god! Is that a thing? <laughs> is that one? Yeah. Is that, that is real? One. Oh my! What word. is a pataflafla? Oh my word! Oh, it's hard. It's hard to explain. It involves some flams. It's like, like pataflafla. Is like right. kick snare, yeah. kick snare, or something. 
What'd you say? Is it like kick snare? Kick, oh no, it's snare? it's it's just hands. It's just hands. Yeah, it's just hands. Yeah, all of what those things are just hand exercises. I mean, you can involve your feet, but you know. What does it sound like? Uh, I haven't done one in forever. Uh, let me even see if I remember what they are. Oh yeah, it's uh, flam left right flam flam. That's what yeah flam. I hear it. It's something like I haven't done them in forever. Mm. It's not exciting here on its own. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> None of them are cool on their own, especially when slowed down. Drum parts to- are much better in context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, did anyone else in your family ever play drums? Yeah, my dad plays drums. That's kind of how uh-huh. I ended up playing drums. Mm, anyone further back? That's just the kind of information you could find out via ancestry <laughs> DNA. Oh, oh, Tony! Did you ever feel like you were genetically predisposed to play the drums? I, I, I'm not sure, but I would. I've always wondered if there was a way to find out, though. Yeah, there is. Look, here's the thing: there are many paths to finding your family story. Whichever way you choose, tracing your family generations back with a family tree or uncovering your ethnicity with ancestry DNA. I'm two percent Turkish. I had no idea about that. <clears throat> Excuse me, had no You're idea 2% about that. Two percent Turkish. Hmm. You kind of look Turkish. It's that 2%. <laughs> it's easy to get started with Ancestry. An Ancestry DNA test tells you where your ancestors are from, and Ancestry's billions of records and millions of family trees let you discover their personal stories. It's really cool because you get emails that are like, we found a you know family tree hint uh, and just the stuff that, like stuff about um, you know oh you're we found these documents we think that you might have relatives who are in these documents and I have and it's really cool uh, ancestry DNA can reveal ethnic origins and provide historical details that bring unique family stories to life it doesn't just tell you which countries you're from but also can pinpoint the specific regions within them giving you insightful geographic detail about your history trace the paths of your recent ancestors and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. No other DNA test delivers such a unique interactive experience. It's easy to start making discoveries with Ancestry. Grab an Ancestry DNA kit and start a free trial to amplify your discoveries with Ancestry's billions of records. Start exploring your family story today. Head to my URL at Ancestry.com slash best friend to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial. That's Ancestry.com slash best friend. Ancestry.com slash best friend. And here's a little hint. And I don't know if this is part of the spot or not. That's really up to my ad people, whether to include it or whether this is we're back to the show. But anyway, um, you, you have to spit into a vial and they through your saliva, they check your DNA. So you have to like get a certain amount of spit. Mm. And I found that I was a little dry. So I was like, I know about Pavlov and Pavlovian responses. And I went to my refrigerator and I opened it and I got out a jar of olives, green olives, and I smelled it and just smelling the olives spit production happened that's the gift i give to you guys cool that's what did it Good. i feel like i would have picked something else to yeah what would you i mean picked? i like olives but i don't know if it would be like give me those, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's give just those olives <laughs> it's it's just something for me about the scent it wasn't like it wasn't like I really wanted to eat them. It just, oh, okay. I don't know, the sourness. I was going to ask if you spit, and then you were like, <laughs> got to eat some olives. Yeah. Um, 
the gestures you're making to indicate excitement over eating olives are truly something that no one's going to want to miss. And if you want to see those, you're going to want to go to patreon.com slash Allison Rose. It's the only place to see this video. And I'd also like to welcome our new Patreon members, Cassandra, Melissa, Elizabeth, Nathan, Jared, Jeffrey, and Connie. Welcome. Um, I believe we have some iTunes comments of the week. Al, did you receive them? I have received them. What a treat for everyone <laughs> to hear you doing this. Tony, can you play the jingle? Wait, hold on one second. Jenna? Yes. Do, do you remember this jingle off the top of your head? Could you sing it? I'm ready to go wait, now. Wait, but, which one? The, the iTunes, iTunes com- com- yeah. Because I almost just went, hey, did you know? Is that this? That's the no. end. <laughs> that, that's the, the end of the iTunes show? The iTunes comment of the week is, oh... No. No. Al? I know it. As soon as you play it, I'll know the whole right. thing. Right. You mean like this? Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments. And don't forget to click five stars. And I want to say, God, I'm shit. My brain is shit. But I want to say his name is Space Dog. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's trap dog. Trap, trap dog. dog. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. Now, are you going to drop the pan flutes in after, or are we going to hear some pan flutes I now? Can, I can flute it up right now. Let's do it now. I Just Love Allison by 27Yardle5623. Mm. I've been listening for a while, but haven't left to review before. But Allison has been killing it lately. The Thursday shows have been so much fun, and the mix of guests has been on point. Yes, honey. thank you but not everyone feels so positively about the show on the other hand ew would rather get a root canal by d dude one seven two forty two your most boring and annoying least favorite friend and what's with the fake laugh period if you want to nerd out for two hours it's two hours you'll never get back Allison is thirsty and desperate for attention. I'm out. <laughs> God, what Thank a mature you. Allison Rosen this is who allows Al to read negative comments. I always allowed him to read time, negative comments. Time was. I feel like there was, a, they were edited, not, they weren't edited out, but that there was a heavy focus on positive. Because mm. I remember when I first came on the show saying that I thought some of the negative ones were funnier. Am I wrong about that? Oh, no. Uh, yeah. This is not how I remember it, but that's possible. They are always funnier. For a long time, I didn't want to read the negative ones because I don't want to encourage negative ones. However, I felt like in order to cut the self-congratulations of just reading the positive ones, we gotta get we got to pepper it with negs. And also, it's they, they are funny. They However, are funny. let me repeat... I like positive ones, and I would love you to leave a comment, um, apple.co slash Allison Rosen, or just go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. Definitely, if you, if you just cherry pick, I would ask you, just subscribe and then cherry pick. But you don't cherry pick at all. Why did I even bring that up? Listen to all of them <laughs> and love all of them. Okay, um, I think we should do some Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I on something I have thought or done Is it just me or everyone? All right. 
Wendy DS says hearing a man pee is somehow 10,000 times worse than hearing a woman pee. Uh, I, I agree. Mm. Tony? Same for me. Um, but I think it's a factor of that's this is a tone biological. Thing. Yeah, it's a, like the the distance that the pee has to travel is farther. And they, so the yeah. impact is harder. And mm-hmm. therefore, the, you're hitting, the, you're aiming the deeper part of the toilet. Yeah. So it's a bassier. Yeah, it's piss. louder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I feel like with a guy, it's louder because it's sort no, of it, like. That's what I'm saying. It's louder yeah. with a guy. Right. And I think that it's. Oh, yes. I see what you're saying. Right. Like for a woman, it's like imagine pouring a bucket of water off of a balcony. And for a guy, it's like a hose with the like power jet attachment. It just sounds stronger with a guy. Well, I appreciate the comparison. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm very I agree metaphor. with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, as I was delivering that metaphor, I was thinking, nailed it. You nailed it. Jenna, you have a bucket. Wouldn't you agree that's exactly what no, it is? I know what you're saying. It's like a gentle pour versus like a really intense stream. Yeah. yeah. The important thing is I like listening to both genders piss. <laughs> oh good! Oh good! That's, that's really that's what matters. Oh, about. I'm not, I don't want to be super particular about that. Greg, I don't want to put you on blast, but you said that you have a song that you perform sometimes when you're changing your son's diaper. Is that something <gasps> that you might want to share? Oh, parent songs are the best ones. <clears throat> Come on, Greg. Uh, well, I mean, there are many. The one that Allison is referring to is is called "Feces on the Nutsack." <laughs> and it's uh it's a pretty intimate song and you only sing it during special blowouts but it goes <laughs> it goes feces on the nutsack Ellis Samuel got feces on the nutsack doo doo on the ball bag Tiny baby got doo-doo on the ball bag. <laughs> that's the whole song. It's so good. What are the other songs? Uh, that's really... I mean, the other ones are just like normal baby songs that aren't disgusting and offensive. And like, they're all just like things about shit that Ellis does. Ellis says gee a lot. Oh. One, two, three, the baby says gee. And then I've written like some more <laughs> mature songs for Ellis about like things he's going to do and that kind of stuff. But Feces on the Nutsack is like kind of the single. um and some of the other ones are just deeper cuts or i don't know it might not be the single. you know what it is it's like it's the second single or the third single the one that like if you like the band you like that one right you know might not be the biggest it's not the one that's like yeah it's got crowd appeal but people are gonna then buy the album and be like what i just want to hear under the bridge or whatever right (laughs) i know sorry i had to do that okay speak it uh, Laura Crycraft says, you find an actor or artist you like, parentheses, currently obsessed with Bill Hader. You binge everything they have ever done and fear losing interest too soon. No, I feel like the only thing I binge is Twitter and I never lose interest, except occasionally I begin to feel nauseated. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've done that necessarily. I, I understand this instinct because I will sometimes... I, I I don't even know. I, I'll binge bands to the extent where I feel like I've gotten sick of them as quickly as I've discovered them. Mm-hmm. That does happen. I think, I think that's just sort of like a function of how available media is. But I under yeah. I don't do this yeah. that much. But I understand this like uh, question. Yeah, I, I do it for music. 
Yeah, it's music. It's like you want to jump into an album and then you want to go like, what's everything they've produced? And you go right. all through their entire catalog. Yeah, I do this with genre sometimes where I'll be like, I want to jump into the genre. And I'll be like, and I'll follow every tendril out of it. And then two days later, I'm like, I don't ever want to hear that kind of music again for a couple of months or whatever. I understand this question. I don't Daniel, do it a lot, but I understand, I understand. Daniel doesn't ever, ever want to hear Sublime ever again. Neither do I. I think specifically... <laughs> Santeria. Um, and I, and I don't know if it's because I'm from Orange County, but I'm okay with Sublime. They're not Red Hot Toy Peppers for me. Am I alone? I, look, I'm not saying I'm a Chili Peppers fan. I would, I would actually take certain Chili Peppers songs over. I would listen to Sublime. Mother, Mother's Milk. I think the Red Hot Chili Peppers have a lot of songs that, will have either a really good chorus or a really good verse, and then the the opposite is terrible. Like, they're good for, like, one part in a song that's great, yeah. and then the rest is terrible. They really, like, if the Red Hot Chili Peppers were an instrumental band, particularly in the John yeah. Frusciante era, you might actually listen to some of it. Anthony Kiedis is such a horrendous lyricist and singer and songwriter. Especially so, live. His live yeah, singing is awful. really terrible. Um, Sublime just have some songs that for me personally growing up here, like are emblematic of something that I don't miss. Which is what? Like sort of just Huntington beach culture. I, I just like, don't miss like that kind of dude. And I always yes. found that song date rape, very offensive. And I'm like, oh, yeah. it's just like you raped someone. So we're going to rape you. Like the whole thing just felt really like rapey and shitty and like really much, I don't know. I just like there's something about their like style of song that reminds me of a part of my childhood I don't miss. You didn't find it to be poetic justice? I'm just kidding. I completely forgot about that song until a second ago. Yeah, it's really stupid. I was recent. So I've recent. I've recently discovered this thing called YouTube. I don't know if you guys are aware. Anything mm. that you want to watch is probably on YouTube. So there was a night where Elliot had my phone because again. He, I'm a great parent and I was riding the bike and I needed to distract myself. So I just started pulling up uh, music on YouTube. And so lately when I ride the bike, what I do is I just watch um, bands that no one thinks about anymore on YouTube. And then I was like this guy that I dated a thousand years ago who was a bass player in a band. um, I wonder if they're on YouTube and Crazily enough, I found footage from a show of theirs. And so it was basically an OC punk show. And there, whoever was filming it focused on the mosh pit. It was like OC punk from 1995 and the mosh pit. And watching it, I, w- I remembered how often I was in situations like that. And I don't even think I wanted to be. I just told myself I did. Mm. That's something I have no desire to go back to. That feeling of like, I'm at a show... I have a crush on someone, but I hope I don't get trampled. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like really have like a similar experience to that. Like, I don't remember being like, I'm at the show for this girl and I hope I don't get trampled. But there's a certain aspect of like just 90s shows in general that I'm not nostalgic for. But would you, would you get into the mosh pit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I, that was like, I still do. Like if I got some. Yeah. Yeah, I like keep forgetting how old I am. I went to a death metal show like before the virus started killing all those people. And I was like sitting in a mosh pit like I was a 20-year-old. I just sort of, the energy of those things has always been really exciting to me. But there was a period in the 90s where a mosh pit was something kind of shitty. 
they were like these real kind of jockey things. Mm. Um, yes, this was like an ag- this was an aggressive, muscly, scary mosh pit. Yeah, good mosh pits were never that to me. That's like hmm. never that wasn't necessarily my experience. They always struck me as a swirl of danger. Al, mm-hmm. Jenna, in m- the nineties, I was I was going to Backstreet Boys concerts and <laughs> not a lot of mosh pits. I know. They didn't like it that way. They only wanted it <laughs> that way. But Al, Al, you were in a metal band, weren't you? No. Yeah, no, it didn't. Uh, they wouldn't let me in. Tried to get in. But, Tried to get uh, in. Is that true? We, we, no, no. We did mostly like, <laughs> we were like punk band, dumb stuff like that. And uh, I mean, let's see, in 2000, I graduated eighth grade. So Blink-182 covers, you know, real, <laughs> real critical, Jeez. groundbreaking uh-huh. stuff. But you, didn't you open or cover Plain White Tees? We, yeah, we played at this weird warehouse once, and Plain White Tees showed up after we played. So, that counts. That counts. You opened yeah, for we, Plain we White Tees. Yeah, we opened for Plain White Tees before That counts. You opened for big. Plain White Tees. And was this <laughs> Mach 5? Uh, at that time, I think we were uh, shaken, not stirred. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> and then after that, we, had we were so many bands. Mach 5. So many. Uh, Isle 9. Diagnosis Delicious. <laughs> uh, you know, what was that terrible. about yeah that was like a dumb dave matthews uh jason Mraz phase it was really embarrassing uh <laughs> just really bad I, greg would have burned the place down had he known Di- diagnosis delicious it's almost too good <laughs> that yeah, almost I sounds know. like a snack like we did a snack chat or something <laughs> yeah it was you know, we just were dumb. Just terrible, terrible music. Yeah. The Dramatic. Taste Doctors. Diagnosis delicious. <laughs> <laughs> something someone said made me think of something I was going to say. Anyone know what it was? I do, yeah. What was it? <laughs> I know something I want to ask you, though. I want, an, I want at least one example of what one of these bands are that nobody thinks about anymore that you're watching. Well, I feel yeah. like that would insult them. Um, yeah. so well, you, we just insulted Sublime and the Chili Peppers, so let's just add to the pile. Yeah. Keep it going, okay? Uh, Jeremy Enoch from Sunny Day Real Estate. So, Sunny Day Real Estate Nothing and Jeremy, that. yeah, no, but it'll insult them that I'm saying that no one's thinking about them anymore. Mm. Yeah, but I don't think that's true, though. That's I think there are a lot yeah, of people ever. that still think about them. Okay, he has a very reverent fan base, yeah, they will never not be worshipped by certain people. That's your thing? That's like that was even like a street cred move just I know. Like. I was not expecting that to be yeah. the answer. <laughs> and yeah, also throwing say. what do you think I was gonna say? Like yeah, like something, um something shittier like Mary's like, Danish or something. Or Mr. Big. <laughs> yeah, but, but just like yeah, like there's nothing seven wrong Mary with liking, three. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with liking Sunny Day real estate. No, but I'm just saying band, like I'm not up on current music. Oh, me neither. I've also been listening to a lot of Throwing Muses. How is Uncle Tuba Town? Is that the band's name? <laughs> what? Wait, you what did you say? I said, how's Uncle Tuba Town? Oh. <laughs> Irrelevant. Tony, Tony, do you know what Uncle Tuba Town is? Uh, does that answer your question? <laughs> but do, you, do you know what that is? Yes, I've been told that story, yes. Okay. Oh, wait, do you have the one where I said David Matthews Band by mistake? <laughs> Ooh, uh, I know that I do, but that might take me a sec. You called them the David Matthews Band? <laughs> I swear to everyone that I said the Dave Matthews Band and my mouth like stuttered or something. 
It was like a trick of the light, and it sounds like David Matthews Band. I promise I did not say that. It does sound like it, though. It's always the mouth that does the stuttering. (laughs) That darn mouth. (laughs) (laughs) While you look for it, Tony, I need to tell you guys that um, sometimes after a long day of playing music or watching music, I'm tired, and I want to get into a super comfortable bed. And the answer is purple. Technology has improved just about everything. Phones, cars, shopping. Yet mattresses have more or less been the same since the invention of sleep. But we deserve better. And finally, the mattress has evolved thanks to purple. The secret to purple is the purple grid. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. Perfect is for everybody, no matter how you sleep. Purple is designed with over 2,800 open air channels and naturally temperature neutral gel. You'll never sleep too hot or too cold. The Purple Mattress is soft where you want it, firm where you need it, and comfortably cool all over. It's truly a mattress that does it all. Um, I wish I had, I have this little sample of the Purple Mattress grid, which is, it's so cool, um, but it's not in this room because Elliot thought it was so cool that he stole it. You can count on resting easy night after night, year after year, because the ultra-durable purple grid won't sink or lose shape. And they're so confident in what they do. Every purple mattress comes with free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100-night trial. Experience the next evolution of sleep. Go to purple.com slash best friend and use promo code best friend. For a limited time, you'll get $150 off any purple mattress order of $1,500 or more. That's purple.com slash best friend, promo code best friend for $150 off any mattress order of 1500 or more terms apply okay tony did you find it the david matthews band <laughs> again, one more time please one more time please the david matthews band yeah you said the david, <laughs> yeah. matthews. david again matthews. you think you're hearing the david matthews band but i assure you you're That's not you <laughs> greg and i were recently reminiscing or maybe greg was reminiscing and, and included me in it for a little while about the make it worse rob couple oh, so in fact i like had this evening where Ayala and I listened to Make It Worse, Rob, like three times in a row. And I sent it to you, didn't I? Yes, you did. God, it's so funny. Like, we have normal neighbors. Make it worse, Rob. Make it worse. We have, like, normal neighbors now that don't do that. And the story, ultimately, of Rob and Kristen is really sad, but it really is a great... And I actually was pointing out some of the, like, the nuances, the deeper cuts in it to Allison. For anyone Uh, who doesn't know what this is, can you explain, please? It's just an argument that I recorded our neighbors having our terrible, horrible neighbors who were married for like 20 minutes. And (laughs) I asked if we could, you sent it to me and then I think we debated playing it on the show, but you didn't think that was right. So then I was like, fine, I'll transcribe it and then we can act it out on the show. And so we did. I still feel like we shouldn't, we never played it on the air, right? We never played it on the air. We should have played on the air. Um, We didn't. We didn't. We just acted it out. Um, No, but we didn't. I know. But when you hear it, It's so shocking what Rob says to Kristen that any person who has ever been in a relationship, as soon as Rob says it, goes, oh, no. Because Rob says, "Um, Kristen, you say things when you're emotional like every other fucking female. (laughs) And, like, there's this pause and Kristen is like, what did you say to me? (laughs) And if you've never heard, I don't know where where the tape of Alan... Jenna acting it, it out is, yeah. but it's very, it's very good material. Yeah. Very I don't think material. we have that turned into a drop. That episode is still around though. It's the make it, make it worse, Rob. Make it worse. It's the make it worse theater. She's like, you just said, I don't think. Don't take it back. Don't paraphrase it. You said, I don't think. Ugh. She was a demon. <laughs> he was a demon too, but I like started to feel badly for him because she was such a demon. 
really sad. <laughs> well, they were both awful. Is yeah, my they didn't, they didn't make it. They didn't make it. They my are somewhere take. right now without a mask on. I can tell you that. Much. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they are both in a public place right now without yeah. a mask on. She is like right, like at the verge of Karen. And he's like whatever a male Karen is. They're like a Chad, I think, is what a it's Chad, been decided yeah. upon. Chad, um, okay. <clears throat> Lisa Pearl says, I yell hi when driving past the home of someone you know. I don't uh, I don't yeah. think I do that. No. I don't like yell, I'll think but about I'll be them. like, hey so and so's house. Yeah. Hey no, so and so's car. So what Jenna does <laughs> Jenna doesn't say hi to houses. But she always, as we're backing out of the driveway, says, bye, house. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have two little girls and a wife that all in unison go, bye, house. Every t- we're just going to Chick-fil-A and back. Yeah. <laughs> bye, house. We, it sounds like we live in some kind of weird cartoon. And we do. <laughs> you know what I do? I've now lived, like, I've lived here for so long that sometimes when I'm bored... I'll drive around when I'm driving around Los Angeles. I'll point at every single thing and I'll say what happened to me in that building or on that corner. Do you ever do that? I have been the passenger in a car with someone who does that. It is so boring. Yeah, I'm sure it's incredible. I would never do it when someone else is in the car, but I'll be like, oh, I went to that restaurant with my dad one time and he got mad at me at the parking lot. I've been to that gas station 40 times. That used to be a record store I used to shop at. I kissed a girl in that building. Like, and I'll do that sometimes just driving around L.A., for no apparent reason to entertain myself. That's do you do it? Do you do it out loud like Robert Durst? I talk to myself out loud when I'm alone. I know. I, I like, know. I know. You know? Because remember, yeah, because we were pitching a show and then afterwards you use the restroom and you came out and you're like, oh, damn it. Fuck. God damn it. Ugh. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I guess you had been talking to yourself in the bathroom and one of the people we pitched to was also in there. And you didn't realize oh, it. Oh, yeah, walked- yeah, yeah. That's a thing that's happened to me many times. <laughs> yeah. Many, many times I've been talking to myself in the bathroom and realized there was someone else in the bathroom. So you're driving around reminiscing out loud to yourself. Yes. I and think that's d- sweet. When you're talking to yourself, what what's the tone? Is it like, "Hey, Greg, you're doing great, man," or is it more like, "You idiot"? What do you like? No, I'm the... almost never like self encouraging because I like I have a really hard time with words of encouragement, even when they come from myself. Um, I'm usually more conversational and probably a little bit actory, if I had to take a guess. Okay. Um, wait, wait, I hear wait. myself talking to myself quite a bit because when I'm driving, if I think of something I want to write, I'll record it. But then when I play it back, I cringe incredibly hard. Wait, what do you mean by actory? Like the video of the celebs coming out against racism? Much better acting than that. <laughs> um, no, like I think I probably am like hammy to myself. Mm. As though I were like doing a bit for myself. I get that. It's not something no, that... No, I, I, I do that. But for me, I do conversations, and then sometimes I'll be both people, like, because I'll be thinking, this is the response I hope they say. And then I have to, like, it's, it's something I've done since I was a little kid. I do that, too. I do that, yeah. too. I sort of role play what the other would say as well. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to it's, learn how to argue. It's weird that it is. <laughs> Greg and Jenna have these similarities, and I'm remembering now, because, Jenna, you had, like, night terrors, right? Oh, Yeah. And Greg, you have all sorts of weird sleep stuff. Because I can't think of two people who are more different than each other, probably. 
Well, Allison, that would put you in the majority of every single Allison Rosen fan who was ever fascinated by the fact that two <laughs> white humans had anything in common. Just like <laughs> stacks of mail of like letters that would come in there and be like, it's crazy that Jenna and Greg have anything in common. I they should like even I... have the same number of limbs. <laughs> <laughs> Most people think I'm a fat old guy from New York. <gasps> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That happened oh. to me like two months ago again when I met someone in in Zoom. Someone <laughs> said, like, that is not what I thought you look like. And as a joke, I said, did you think I was a fat old person from New York? And the guy was like, sort of. I thought you were heavier than you are. <laughs> <clears throat> Greg, do you still get people making avocado comments to you? Relentlessly, yeah. Four avocados. A lot. I'd, I, yeah, I, I, I actually... live with a lot of regret about four avocados. <laughs> I do. Like, as I'm proud of it, but it's like knowing that that's my legacy. Yeah. I still, when I think about it, though, usually I, it's a little bit of I wish I hadn't said that, and then some amount of like, but it's too many. I don't. What it's is? Too the, many I don't know what the context is with that one. <clears throat> It's just, it's sort of predicated on this idea that like Trader Joe's used to make you buy avocados in a bag of four. Mm. You know this? Like yeah, the yeah. mesh bag of avocados. Uh-huh. And I'm really, really obsessed with avocados. And I find that like you should never buy four avocados in the same state because you what? will end, not California, oh, right. in the same state of ripeness. <laughs> right. Because oh, okay. you will end up, you will not be able to eat all four of them. Yeah. And you will end up making bad guacamole or just making bad choices. So it's basically like I had developed this whole thing where like I had this philosophy based around like knowing how to buy avocados based on when they would ripen. Anyway, it's not really something I need to get into in depth because it makes me sound incredibly <laughs> Here we go crazy. again. <laughs> makes me sound very crazy. But like I, re- I reject and I resent being forced to purchase avocados in groups of four. I think what you're and I think the specific drop comes from you being like, you're never like, Ooh, four avocados. Yeah. Never. Never. <laughs> at the most at a market, like at a good farmer's market or at a good supermarket, if you find one really good avocado, like that's rare. That's rare. Tony, do you have some of Greg's surfer talk? We went to this Mackey joint, just full Ritos and there were bets just everywhere. And it was just got the digis and just game. <laughs> Snap. Sick. Sick. So sick. I live near a, a Baja Cantina or something, I think is what mm-hmm. it's called. And it is like COVID is happening on the patio of Baja Cantina. Like if you're wondering why there's a spike in LA, it is because people cannot stay away from Baja Cantina. Like that is COVID happens here. Was that, about, a pl- was that a place you went before? Absolutely not. I'm, we shouldn't even talk about me in Mexican food restaurants because I'm such an asshole about it. But no, it's not a place I would have ever patronized, no. I feel like we have to talk about it now. We, yeah, just what you think about what I think about it is right. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to extend that philosophy, we don't even need you on the show. It's, no, I, some, I've already heard the episode. It was great. There's some, there's some truth to that. But regarding like where I eat Mexican food, <laughs> what you think I think is right. So Unless you, you think, think I'm just like wide open to eating at every Mexican place, in which case do you're they, very wrong. Do they make you purchase the tacos? They or you order the taco, then you have to put it in a drawer, and then you go up front. And pack <laughs> I forgot about that. Back. <laughs> the breakfast. Still have out. real issues with Rainbow with Rainbow Market. Real issues. Oh, they're, they're, Rainbow Market has been throwback. really good during COVID, but like 
still have real issues with that place, <laughs> unresolved issues, and they never really seem to get the message. I sent the message multiple times. I spoke to the manager <laughs> once. I left, like, I have a Yelp review on that place that's like, I don't know how many words you can publish in Yelp, but it's like two or 3,000 words. That's <laughs> um, like, it's basically a treatise suggesting how they can fix the store. Did they ever but respond it, to it? Some people wrote, LOL, funny, huh? but like the store itself, no, because they know that I'm right. And they don't yeah. know how to address it. So I think it makes them uncomfortable. <laughs> um, sorry, I am. I'm going back and I'm looking. I'm looking for some old drops um, just to see. I, I can't see you guys because I'm on my computer right now. Um, Tony, you're going to have to take this part yeah. out. Um, hey, Tony. Yes. I'm going to turn the echo way up and whisper into the microphone. But. the penis that will only be funny hold on that will only be funny in post-production <laughs> can't wait thanks tony that's greg heller asmr <laughs> that is greg heller. <laughs> it's really funny though like i like whispered like really like not naughty words like when you go buns <laughs> jenna has something to say about that wait what Oh, did you guys hear that or no? I did. Yes, that was you saying this. Could you hear it or no? No. No. Oh, no. Was it this by chance? I find a lot of joy in pooping. (laughs) No, it was. Let's see. What am I doing here? Get out of my face and shut your dirty mouth. Um, I have to ask Greg, did you, you let, your nephew went on tour. He sure didn't. Oh, he didn't? Well, I mean, he Previously, he did, but they they were supposed to be on tour now, and oh, they're yeah, but, that sucks. Your guitar yeah. came back in one piece. Oh yeah! In fact, did it's you? interesting. My guitars. He has like three of my guitars, a bunch of my pedals, and one of my amps. And the fucker had them for months because of quarantine. Uh. They've all been sitting at his house for months. I'm going to get them this week, actually. I believe, but I when loaned I them to you him. Do that. He recorded, they recorded, he recorded a record with them. And then like, right when I was going to go get them back, COVID happened. So they've just been like sitting at my mom, at my sister's house for four months where he still lives because he's like a little kid or whatever. Wow. Um, Well, I was, uh, when I saw you do it, I was like, Greg's ready to be a dad. That's a dad move. That's like, you care for someone else more than any other thing. And I thought like, Greg's ready. He's going to have no problem. Some of that was also like when Corbin, my nephew, when I, felt like he got so into music that he I knew that he understood the value of those things. Yeah. Not just totally. like financially but like to me. I might have told you the story once but the first guitar I ever loaned him was a 68 Mustang, like a mm-hmm. a guitar that meant a lot to me. And after I loaned it like 2 months after he had it I got a call from this guy and and he um and he goes, "Hey, my name is so and so and I work at a guitar shop in Orange County." And I wanted to call you because your nephew brought your Mustang in here and he asked me to strip it and repaint it because he said the paint was chipped and he was going to do it as a gift for you. And I wanted you to know that he asked me to do this before I did it. And I was like, do not do that. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, I didn't think you wanted it done. So I wanted to call you before I started work on it. And I was like, put my nephew on the phone. (laughs) And I was like, dude, if you ever do that to any of my stuff again, I'll murder you. And I think like he finally like evolved past that to the point where he now realizes like these things have sort of emotional and financial yeah, value. No. And yet it was a, sn- 
a nice gesture. It was a very nice gesture, but I'm incredibly stupid and I'm very <laughs> glad he didn't do it. I, I, something that I might have considered like shooting him about or doing something and terrible to him. So he's in a band called Greer. That's Remind correct. me, he's your nephew. How? My sister had a baby. Oh, that's how they do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago, yeah. You guys, this has been so much fun. Greg, I know you have to go, right? Because you've got dad duties. I should get back. I, re- I should return to the infant. Um, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Sign up for Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Check out Childish. Um, and uh, Greg, where might we find you and plug anything you want to plug? I'm in my house almost all day, every day. <laughs> Come, like you can stand outside and we'll, we'll wave at each other. Is that okay? Good? Great, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> um, check out our podcast, Couple Friends. Uh, it's Al and I, and uh, it's daily, about ten minutes every day, Monday through Friday. You can listen to us talk about whatever else, <laughs> lots of silly stuff. It's very fun and uplifting. Al. Uh, I am probably best reached at Jenna Kim Jones on Twitter. <laughs> and sometimes you can follow me at the hashtag Al. Wonderful. That is very true. <laughs> Tony? Uh, at Tony Thaxton, Twitter and Instagram, my podcast is Bizarre Albums every Tuesday. And also, real quick, just want to say, uh, if anybody is Motion City Soundtrack fans, I put a bunch of uh, like memorabilia and records and old Old, all, all kinds of Motion City stuff on eBay, and I'm raising money for Black Lives Matter. Uh, those auctions end on Friday, this Friday. So uh, you can find the link through my social media. And also, on that Motion City soundtrack note, just today, uh, and a tribute to Adam Schlesinger came out, uh, and we covered uh, a Fountains of Wayne song that he wrote, and all of the money from... That compilation is going to uh, COVID-19 relief fund for uh, through Music Cares for uh, COVID relief for musicians. So check that stuff out. And I should have mentioned that um, Rafael Castaneda, longtime fan, super awesome guy, is raffling off some Allison Rosen as your new best friend memorabilia. He made the original... Um, legacy shirt which is like the black one that has the Ramones logo but it's Allison, Daniel, Jenna, Al Greg, Jeff um, and so he has the screen of that which by the way I am in the running I donated a bunch because I'm in the running for trying to get that so <laughs> if anyone else gets that just know I, I want it um, so the screen and then assigned Angora's CD and then assigned headshot um, and it's just $5 for a ticket and then he's raffling them off part of me is like why not just let people bid on them and we can find out how much they're all worth. Um, but no, he's just doing a raffle. So find, and he's going to do it on Juneteenth, which is on Friday, which so June 19th. Um, find him on Twitter at RMC Guitars. Next time we do this, we're doing it in person. I want to yes. do this in person. Yeah. When God, I hope Next so. time we do it. Oh my goodness. We will come. Let's just, I can't, I'm like dying. I need to get out. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Next Please. time we do, we do it in person. I miss <laughs> you guys. That'd be so that would be so great. Greg, did you know that Jenna came to town for one day back in December and I, we podcasted? Oh, yeah, I we did because I was did, talking to you, you about it. T- but I was just like, there was, I think it was on a day when I just could not leave work. 
Right. But we did talk. We like had some conversation about the logistics of if we could do it. And I could not. And Jen, I apologize. That's okay. Um, I came into town for like eight hours. Like um, not even six hours, whatever it was. Uh, next time in person and be well, everyone stay healthy. You too. Yes. Yes. I mean, that being said, I might try to arrange to do it before we're all able to do in person again, but I get your point (laughs) that you'd like to see everyone in person. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for coming on listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Alison Rosen show? 